2010 comes around, and it is about to get real Game of Thrones in the region. In this period, Salami has been able to strengthen his Shia ties in the region and shift from a kinetic war to a political war. The fighting hasn't completely stopped. Salami just recognizes the point where he has enough power. Remember, 2009... Obama started restricting U.S. forces, there was a power vacuum, and he took it. He recognized that he had enough power to start fighting the political fight. Salami understood how a parliament works, and he was able to negotiate a deal of a proposed pipeline that would put one of his Shia members in power and give him control of the Iraqi government. Control of the Iraqi government is going to provide two major features. One, it'll give him physical access to Syria, which gives him access to Lebanon. Remember, this is the Quds Corridor. And two, Iraq has a lot of oil and they can sell it freely. Iran has been under increasingly more restrictive sanctions with their involvement in the Iraq war. So if he has access to the government in Iraq, he can divert funds to his Quds force and fund his wars in the region. It's all oil money, and he just takes his cut off the top, funds his operations, and negotiates away the majority of the fighting in Iraq at this time. The Iraqi government at the time had been extremely shaky. So in 2010, Salami was able to negotiate and bring enough people to the table in order to form a government. Iraq had been without a government for almost a year. Parliament systems form by small groups of people coming together to form a government inside the government that then elects a head that controls the government to an extent. Parliament systems tend to have a pretty healthy representation of communist and socialist in them. Many of the governments in this region are communist. The most recent Iraqi PM was an actual communist. If you know anything about communism, communism originated from the Jesuits in the 1600s. Look it up, Reductions of Paraguay. The Jesuits pioneered communism by using the system to suppress the people of South America. The reason it is important here is because Sunnis are the majority of the population in Iraq. Shias want to control the population. Communism is used to control populations. So if Iran can control the population and control their oil and control their resources, sell their resources on Iraq's market, then Iran can do what it needs to do and use Iraq as a Quds corridor to Israel. This concept is not controversial, despite what you might think. You can read article after article talking about Iraq being a client state of Iran. Soleimani kept the fighting up until he had enough political power to control the government, and then he made his move and pushed the U.S. out, even though the U.S. was the one that freed them from Saddam. Salami's power continues to grow. In 2011, Khomeini calls Salami the living martyr. Also in 2011, Obama bombs Libya as part of Operation Odyssey Dawn. This was the operation that saw to the overthrow of Gaddafi and destabilized Libya. Iran 
was busy in 2011 as well, they were attempting to hire a Mexican drug cartel to kill a Saudi ambassador in the United States in a plot called the Iran Zetas plot. Remember, I have plenty of links on the website for the information I'm giving you. The fighting in Iraq has slowed down and a new front opens up in Syria. The Syrian civil war starts in 2011. It is still ongoing today. What do we know about Syria? It's part of the Quds Corridor. Iraq has slowed down and all of a sudden Syria is destabilized. What started the Syrian war? According to most sources, it was started with the Arab Spring Revolution that happened all across the Mideast. This event was attributed to social media, but it is looking more and more like the CIA was involved. Meanwhile, in Yemen, the Obama administration authorizes the killing of four U.S. citizens with a drone strike. Around that time, Osama bin Laden is killed in Pakistan. Also, Soleimani is sanctioned again by the U.S. for his terrorist actions. Obama announces a complete troop withdrawal from Iraq. So, today... I can report that, as promised, the rest of our troops in Iraq will come home by the end of the year. After nearly nine years, the America's war in Iraq will be over. At the end of 2011, Gaddafi was killed in Libya, and Hillary Clinton decided to comment on the subject. We came, we saw, <laughs> he died. In 2012, after backlash from Americans when they found out that the U.S. had killed Americans with a drone strike, Eric Holder released an argument talking about why it was able to be done. That video will be on the website. In that same year, the U.S. Embassy in Benghazi, Libya, is attacked, and an ambassador dies. After Secretary of State Hillary Clinton refuses to reinforce the compound or pull out the ambassador. In 2013, a female by the name of Kayla Mueller is taken by ISIS. In 2014, Obama sends in Delta and SEAL Team 6 to go find Mueller. They fail to find her. In 2014, we also see a large downturn in Iranian-backed militias fighting against the U.S. Because at this point, Salami has pivoted to fight ISIS in the region. Remember, ISIS is a Sunni faction. Also, you have to understand that the Obama administration was not prepared for ISIS to shift into Syria and northern Iraq. So at this point, this is the stage when Obama calls ISIS a JV team. Jake Tapper has this to say about it. You say you've been warning about it, but in January, President Obama told The New Yorker magazine's David Remnick that ISIS, which was then still considered a part of al-Qaeda uh, fighting in Syria, was like a JV basketball team. He said, quote, the analogy we use around here sometimes, and I think is accurate, is if a JV team puts on Lakers uniforms, that doesn't make them Kobe Bryant. Just how badly did President Obama underestimate the threat of ISIS? It is reported that an ISIS leader named al-Baghdadi has taken her as a wife. No, scratch that. Sex slave. ISIS pops back up on our timeline because Obama is withdrawing troops. Iran is working on building the government in Iraq. 
ISIS begins to gain new fighters, and the Iraqi fighters in the area refuse to face them because they are extremely brutal. This all stops at the Siege of Kobani in northern Iraq. Kobani was part of a Kurdish stronghold, and the Kurds stood and fought the ISIS push. But the Kurds were not alone. They were supported by Salami. At this point in the war, Iran begins making its presence in Iraq extremely visible. With ISIS moving into Syria to join the chaos there, the U.S. starts Operation Inherent Resolve in Syria. In 2015, the JCPOA is created which is better known as the Iran nuclear deal. Also, Salami asked Russia to get involved in Syria because ISIS is growing out of control. At this point, Salami has become more and more of a public figure. Before, remember, he was known as a shadow commander. Now he starts emerging on social media and is asking foreign countries to get involved in the wars in the region. Salami is out in the open and he is extremely popular. Israel has decided that they have an opportunity to take him out. The Obama administration warns Iran and tips off Salami so he can get away before Israel can kill him in 2015. If we go back in 2007, Bush almost captured Salami in Iraq and now Obama prevents Israel from killing him, most likely in Iraq. With Salami out on social media and no longer the shadow commander, the UN again tells Soleimani to stay in Iran with UN Security Council Resolution 2231. As 2015 comes around, in hindsight, it actually reveals a lot of clarity to what the Obama administration was doing in the region. They had just started Operation Inherent Resolve, and Obama was planning on pulling troops out. Then we see Obama create the JCPOA in the next few months, but ISIS comes back in a big way and starts kidnapping American citizens. Obama in general appears surprised at the appearance of ISIS and almost like he doesn't have a plan for what's going on, but let's see what he has to say about it. I don't want to put the cart before the horse. We don't have a strategy yet. And months later, it doesn't really get any better. The president revealed he's tweaking what's been the cornerstone of his ISIS strategy, training Iraqi forces. We don't yet have uh, a, uh, a complete strategy because it requires commitments on the part of the Iraqis as well uh, about how recruitment takes place, how that training takes place. Uh, and so the details of that are, are not yet worked out. So after not having a strategy and then sort of having a strategy, Obama comes up with a strategy? The strategy that we're pursuing, which focuses on going after targets, cutting off their borders, and squeezing the space in which they can operate until ultimately we're able to uh, defeat them. The defensive President Obama doubled down. There will be an intensification of the strategy that we put forward, but the strategy that we are putting forward is the strategy that ultimately is going to work. But his outgoing point man on ISIS in an exclusive CNN interview warned until the root causes of extremism are addressed, the group will never be defeated. If we don't get at those issues over the long term, not just be compelled to constantly be fighting, 
the symptoms of the problem, then we're going to be condemned to fight forever. At this point, Obama's strategy is to surround ISIS and destroy it, but do that without having adequate forces in the country. Also, remember what this analyst is saying at the end of that quote. We will come back to that in 2020. Obama has pulled forces back and created a power vacuum, which Salami has taken. Obama has now protected Salami. And in 2016, we have the incident where Iran takes U.S. seamen hostage. And then five days later, Obama gives Iran $400 million in cash, which was the original amount paid to the U.S. for jets back in the 70s in what he calls smart diplomacy, followed by another $1.3 billion, which was the agreed-to interest on the $400 million over that period. Once the money is transferred, Iran decides independently to release the hostages. And Obama says, We do not pay ransom for hostages. 